I mean, having uh, having charismatic friends and a daughter like Anna, I have met a few healers in my time. Because we've had people we really love, and they say, well, why don't you go see this one, and see that one, and see this one. So I went, and this, I think it was Christian Hafush, and it, you, the place was packed. On all the rounds of lines, there were, there were, you know, people in front, and there was all, around the periphery, was all these kids in wheelchairs. And not only didn't, weren't any of them healed, but they didn't even pray for them. I mean, they were just ignored. So, and I don't think you ever took any of that. You just saw and said, nope, not, it's not touching my daughter. But you can understand healing is a draw. And that's just one aspect of Jesus' ministry. But imagine what would happen if you had healings by the boatload. The bucketful. And, and that's what it says. That at times, power went out from them and healed them all. And this was in a Galilee, and the word would have got out. And somehow, these two people, Simon the Pharisee, who invites Jesus, heard about Jesus, and the woman who lived a very sinful life. And most commentators would say she was probably a prostitute and that's the ointment was part of her tricks of her trade. But we don't really know. We do know that when the Chosen gets around to her story, she's going to be a victim. They all, they all are. I mean, because, you know, rather than just, just an evil woman, which is... And this is ancient Palestine. You, you say someone in New York lives an evil, sinful lifestyle, anything's possible. But here, but this was a woman, she was a sinner. And somehow, before this event took place, she heard about Jesus. Now, Simon, being a Pharisee, it may have been professional interest. Because as an elder of this church, if there's some church, some guy comes, puts a tent somewhere and claims healing and starts trying to draw people, it would be responsible for a person to let's go check this person out or at least find out where they're coming from. But, but so Simon, he went. And he must have seen things that totally, you know, I mean, I think in the Old Testament, I believe, there's, I've only know. Well, Miriam was healed with, with leprosy after the Lord struck her with leprosy. But the only really healing for lepers would be the Naaman. There were a couple of resurrections, but it, it wasn't really an Old Testament thing. I mean, it is one of the titles of God, Jehovah Rapha, the God who heals. But here you have now in Galilee all of this healing the Messiah, and it was said that when the Messiah came, the blind would see, and the deaf would hear, the lame would walk. And that's what they were seeing all over them. And somehow this hardened woman must have seen something. Maybe she was by a well, like a woman of Samaria, and Jesus came and talked to her. 
Maybe as she was going about her way, some crowd blocked her, and she heard the words of Christ. Because as well as having the most miracles going on, the world's greatest preacher of all time was preaching. Between all that going on, and we don't know her story, but if you're a child of God, you kind of do know her story. She would have been, you know, probably just self-righteous, you know, all those, they're all hypocrites, I do a service, or who are they to judge me, and all the stuff you hear. And then she heard about Jesus. Then she heard about judgment. She heard about sin. She heard about the judgment to come. And what happened to her? When she realized it, when she looked into Jesus at some point, whether physically or whether it was just in his words as it went through the Holy Spirit, when she saw that Christ should have said, just like Jehu, throw that woman down, she found love, she found acceptance, and when repentance does its work, she found something she probably never expected. Joy. So she went. Jesus is going to be at this house. And she came. I don't think she just came, well, I'll butter him up. No. She came out of joy. She came out of love. Because unlike the Pharisee, she knew why Jesus came there. She may not have owned all the little details, but she came to show her love for him. And she offered him in tears. And, you know, I'd be kind of embarrassed, but, you know, Jesus is not ashamed of anything done with the right heart. And she came and she poured out and said, she, she, Now, Simon, who should have known these things, I mean, if he, if he didn't believe it, he should, should have gone and talked with the deaf people. He should have let the blind people should tell him what they saw. But he, he went and he did the right thing. He invited Jesus to dinner to get to know more. And, and we don't know what his motive was, whether he just wanted to know more. Because what he saw would have, I mean, must have blown him away. But we have our expectations. We have what we expect. So he's still now, and now when he sees this woman touching him, what's, what's his thing? It's not like, well, the miracles, you know, no. It's like, if he was really a prophet, then he wouldn't let this woman touch him. I just think of like some guy in a toga, like Columbo. You know, one, more, one thing that bothers me, if you were really a prophet, you wouldn't do that. And it's like... Is a man doing miracles and you're down to that? So, he asks, you know, he says, talk to myself. Is that this man were really a prophet? He'd know this woman. Well, he knew Simon because he says, Simon, I have something to tell you. And he asks that question is, two men owed money to a certain money changer or creditor here. One owed 50 and one owed 500. None of them were able to pay. 
So he canceled the debt of both. Which will love him more? Now, I do not think for one minute that he was saying that this woman was a greater sinner than Simon. Because in the Bible, there's one thing that acquaints with guilt, and that's knowledge. So that servant who did not know his master's will and didn't do it will be punished with a few blows, but the one, like the Pharisee, who knew the master's will and didn't do it. So, But it's that perception is... What, this woman had nothing to stand on. She went and she gave everything, her heart, to Christ. Simon's playing the fences. You know, he invites them because he might be. But he, he doesn't want to... He's playing, he pulls back. And like I said, he, he, so he says, two men, you know, because who loves him more? The one with the bigger sin... And Simon, because he, and what's the difference? Because he doesn't think he's that sinful. He can afford to reserve, be reserved. But you have the, the woman, she totally, she had no hope apart from Jesus Christ. Now, and, and that's one of the problems we have with the, the gospel, because until you see yourself the way God sees you, then you really, it's, this. I mean, it kind of distorts it. Like, I used to tell the kids about a story like, there's a man named Bob. Now, Bob is the greatest Patriots fan that ever lives. Now, if you go to his re a restaurant in Foxborough, and if he sees you with the Patriots hat on, he is going to pay for everything. He may even pay for your mortgage. But if he comes in there and you have a giant's hat on and you don't, or, you know, a non-patriot or name your team, then he's going to torture you for eternity. And one more thing, you have to love Bob. And that's kind of some of the, you know, I use that to try to think because that's some of the messages we have. Until you realize who you are, it's distorted. If, if God's if we're not really horrible sinners, then God's kind of mean. Because, you know, if we're just, well, I just need a little help. It's only when you realize what God has done for you. It's only when you realize just how strong sin has a hold. And no sinner on the planet has a clue how strong sin is. Because it's only when you start saying, no, I don't want to do that, that you realize, wow, this has a strength. So, in this lesson, why this one? And then Jesus starts talking about, I came into your house, and these are all things you did when you had a guest. I mean, people say, well, this got to be the, the one in John, because people just don't throw oil around. Well, in those days, you did. It's how you would welcome someone. If you came at the house, I'd offer you a drink. It'd be insulting not to. And that day, if you're inviting someone, you wash their feet, you put on, you know, sometimes you, you pour oil on their head. You do all these things to show you're welcome. And even though Simon invited him, 
He didn't go whole hog. It's kind of like he's keeping his position. He's, he's keeping it arm life. He's not totally rejecting Jesus. And it kind of makes me think of some moments in my own life is I'm more like Simon than that woman. Because you have a opportunity to stand for Jesus and you don't say, I thought, but you don't really go whole hog on it. So this woman, like I said, she finds the grace, she goes, she's she comes and she shows her love and devotion. And you have Simon, who's, who's, who should have known. I mean, when the Messiah comes, blind people and deaf people are going to hear. And, and that never happened until Jesus. So, obviously, the next logical be this must be the Messiah. And yet, he doesn't make that jump. It's just like, Huh? Because, again, it's, we don't know, and we don't know whether or not what happened, because Jesus showed he was a prophet, because he showed that he knew what was going on in his heart. And then is the point is that the people around him said, who is this that can forgive sins? And I, I guess one time, I, I think I was eight years old, I grew up Roman Catholic, and I remember one day I went to the confessional, and I believed it all. I went into and said, Bless me, Father, for I have sinned. It has been so many weeks to my last confession. And then I, I did my stand road of sin. I lied, this, that, the next thing. And he pronounced the absolute, absolution. And I felt as clean as I ever felt in my entire life. I left that place loving God and loving man. A hundred yards from the church, there were some kids coming out of a school. As I walked by, one of them grabbed my hat. And they weren't being brutal. It was just teasing a young kid. And, you know, they got my hat. And then one had a firecracker. And, and oh, let's throw it at him. Let's make him dance. And it was a small little thing. I don't even think. But I'll tell you, my love for God and love for man never made it 150 feet from that church. If I was smart, I would have gone back. Because, in a sense, that wasn't bearing sin away. That was like an arbitrary. You could pronounce it. But when Jesus declares to this woman that your sins are forgiven, do you know why he's going to say that? Because in a short period of time, he is going to bear her sins on the cross that those feet that she's kissing and wiping with her hair are going to be pierced with Roman nails. It, it wasn't a frivolous or a costly. When Jesus said, your sins are forgiven, it's because it, it was precious and costly. So, the point, uh, just in closing, is that the what this teaches me is that how do you love God more? You know, from the, according to this, is to realize what He's done for you, how much love He has for you, and it's not love based on. I, I can just think of some stupid movie. It was like Remo Williams. The adventure begins. He's supposed to train to an assassin, and he, the guy he's training him, smashes them all over, wipes the floor up with them. He goes. There's a little tinkle in his eye. I can work with this man. I mean, it just has, 
But it, like there was no twinkle. There was nothing in us but God's love. He chose to love us because he chose to love us. He chose to forgive us because he chose to forgive us. And he loves us in spite of... It wasn't as... And so... And he chose to bear our sins. So... Okay, let's close in prayer. Heavenly Father, Lord, I, I pray that you would just use this sermon I don't, and that you would draw us close to you, Lord. For we desire to love you more, Lord, because if our hearts were like the Grinch four sizes bigger than they are now, they would not love you enough, Lord. So I just pray, Lord, that you would just draw us close to you, Lord. And I just pray, Lord, that help us to just be like that woman and not care what people think, but to do and to follow you, Lord. And by the way, you know, and I just thank you for what you're going to do. In Jesus' name, amen.